Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. Yes, we are. Oh we my just God. We did that together. We nailed it. Wow. We totally nailed it. Boom. Two times a charm. That's amazing. What does everyone think of me doing the intro, gang? <laughs> uh, I think Mary likes it. Mary might like it. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I feel like I'm growing as a person. You are. It's yeah. working out. Yeah. 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 I'm doing all right. Yeah. So, um, oh my God, everyone's been wonderful. Uh, you can all, as you know, tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Uh, you can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Hashtag struggle pod buds 420. 420. And at Sally T at SPK Heller. Real quick before we get to uh, this. I just pointed at the computer like you guys You know. guys can see that, right? You guys can see that, right? Um, we got a tweet that made me almost cry. I think I know what you're going to say because it also made me cry. And um, it's from T. I'm not going to give out the address, but it, it was through Struggle Pod Buds 420. And they said, I'm a queer, trans, vegan person of color who right now feels included in the world. Okay. Let's all take a moment. Let's all take a moment and also appreciate the fact that the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 was in that tweet. Yes. So I was reading it and tearing up and feeling just like amazing and full of love. And then I saw the hashtag and I was just like, how can I celebrate this? I'm not going to lie. I was having a rough day and I saw that and I was like, well, I just, I, it's all worth it. Yeah. Everything it, is. Oh, Two guys, times over. You guys. So Sally has a huge announcement. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> I was like, I do. Um, huge announcement. So we floated the idea of putting all of the songs that come at the end of the episodes onto a playlist. It turns out it can be done, technology. Mm -hmm. So there's now a Spotify playlist. Uh, shut up. There is. I won't shut up. Oh. It's, uh, it's the Struggle Bus playlist. And... I'm now realizing I should have done more research before I announce this, but I think all, what you have to do is search for me, Sally Tamarkin, on Spotify. I'll do a link to it on our website. Okay, perfect. Which is strugglebuspodcast.wordpress.com 420. All right. We, we paid extra for the WordPress in yeah, our gang. Yeah, we um, did. But yeah, so if you follow me on Spotify, you can subscribe to the playlist, and every week we'll just add in... Uh, every song and it's in chronological order the only thing is there are there will be songs that aren't available on spotify for example the song in today's episode won't be oh. but um but basically everything that's available will be there fantastic so get Sally, the fuck for, into it thanks for doing that yeah man awesome um and as you know you can always leave us an itunes review you guys have just been so great yeah um, there have been awesome reviews in there but keep keep doing it five stars and say nice stuff yes and also real quick we have gotten so many questions so many we are going to get to all of them there is a little bit of a backlog. A little bit of backlog. Just so you know, keep writing in. But yeah. it may, you know, take like a few episodes before we get to yours. Yeah, but definitely keep writing, especially if you're from Scandinavia, which is like 2.5 out of 3 emails we get so are many. from someone in Scandinavia. Yeah. Right? But they seem so happy out there. I know. It does seem like everything is going really well. Yeah. Well, well, no. You know, I guess it shows everyone's got a struggle. So true. All right. So, um, yeah, you guys have just been great and, and all the tweets and everything. So, Sally, what how, what you been working on these days? What you um, struggling with? Well, let me let me tell you something. Let me get super deep for a second. Um, I've never said, I haven't articulated this with words outside of my head, so it might not make sense, but um, I've been watching a lot of, uh, have you ever watched the David Attenborough, like uh, Blue Planet, Life of Mammals, yes. like all those document BBC documentaries? Yes. Okay, so I've been watching them kind of on and off with my girlfriend because she's into nature and the natural mm. world and <laughs> shit like that. Um, and so, but the thing that strikes me every time we watch an episode is that David Attenborough tells you what makes every one of these species so special and so adaptable to their particular climate or their environment like we watched this one last night about uh, animals that live in the treetops and they have these like 
awesome like sticky paws and flexible spines they can climb trees and they can jump but then like when you see them on the ground they basically can't walk but they also have not they like they need something to push off of but there's no tree trunk to push off of so they're just like <laughs> leaping sideways really inefficiently and so the thing that david attenborough is always talking which you know makes him very vulnerable to predators and stuff yeah and um David Attenborough is always telling you what makes every animal totally special and amazing, but then explains that they have like a fundamental problem in their existence to confront. So like these animals that live in like the Arctic, like they have all this like awesome fur and they hibernate and all this stuff, but like food is super scarce because of the climate and the tree dwellers and the way they walk on the ground. And um, I was thinking about how fucked up it must be to be an animal and have all these like be like almost perfect but have this like problem of survival to confront but then this is where the shit gets super deep bear with me um i was I thinking think i know where you're going with this you might know and if not then I'll, I'll share with you what i thought <laughs> so what i was just thinking like oh wait a minute that's like being a human being because like we're so fucking awesome we like we invented the internet and we have cool cars and we have like thumbs so we can make coffee and like we're so adaptable to our environments but like we haven't solved like low self-esteem and <laughs> you know what I mean and like am I, I, I was gonna say that's not what I was thinking but okay. yes I completely agree what I was thinking is each person is almost like their own different species of everyone has a strength and a weakness and just because you can't climb up a tree doesn't mean that you you can't swim you know what I mean and that's the, so much better so than the, my the, conclusion no 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 but no <laughs> no no but, but you know what I mean I, I think it was um Einstein or Mr. Rogers or one of the <laughs> smart one of the people two. said that uh, if kids are having trouble learning something, maybe we should change the way we teach as opposed to the way we're making them mm. learn or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And um, yeah, because we all have certain skills. Like, listen, there's a reason I'm not working in a bank. Right. You know what I mean? I'd mm-hmm. be making more money, but I wouldn't be good there. And there's a reason a banker's not doing a show like this, you know? Totally, because they would be good at telling something, but they'd exactly. be fun to listen to. But that doesn't mean that one person's skill isn't better than the next. It's just we're all different. We're all different, totally. Creatures. And it, it just also made me feel better about that. Cause, because sometimes I'm like, really? So I'm going to be another human being who's struggling with the same kinds of things that human beings have struggled. Like I have to deal with like like things with my parents and like relationship problems. Like why haven't we solved this? But mm-hmm. it's like David Attenborough explains it when he's talking about the, I saw Slow Loris by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, like he explains it, like no matter how adaptable you are, no, no matter how perfectly suited you are to your environment, there's like some like fucked up thing you have to figure out. And some threat. And some threat, right? Yeah. A fucking threat, man. Always, always. Always. That's where we come in because we're solving yeah. people's I mean, lives. Because that perfectly segues into what I've learned about myself this oh, week. Oh, go on. Okay. Um, no, I'm good. I'll All right, you. great. Because we have a lot of emails to get to, so I want to make this quick. Uh, I learned about uh, having a lot more control over a situation than you think you do, even when you quite literally have to deal with the government or the law. What? Okay. So everything's fine, you guys. I'm not in trouble. But basically, I had one of those weeks where uh, I was having some slow weeks for a while. So I'm not going to complain that when it rains, it pours. And all of a sudden, I got booked to work all these parties. I'm a bartender. I do a lot of things. But I'm also an actor. And all of a sudden, I got all these great auditions. And I knew for a while I had jury duty today, by the way. We are recording from a jail cell. We are recording from a jail cell. Tell you guys that right now. (laughs) And I told my agents that I I I was booked out. I had to do jury duty because you have to do jury duty. You just have to, you know. And um, the day before, like a couple days before, when I was again working another crazy party and being treated like shit. By the way, treat your servers well. It's not that hard. We're doing. We're working really hard. Like we're making you. We're giving you a good experience. And I do really love doing it. By the way, so don't 
act like I hate you, I don't. Um, but except for you, I'm talking to one person right now. <laughs> you, we hate. Yes. But uh, I happen to get, you know, I'm finally making money again and I'm, I'm get, getting some auditions. But um, one audition, somebody, something fell through the cracks and I found out I had a very, very important, huge audition for a TV show. Oh, something that I don't get often, a good part for me, seven pages of the dialogue to memorize, like you have to show up on Monday. Whoa. And I told my sister, who's a lawyer, and I was like, I need to get out of jury duty. I, I can't. And she's like, oh, just show up the morning of and tell them and they'll let you go and you can get a, you can get a pass. It's fine. But I was so terrified of like doing that. And then I had these visions and plus I was working like 12 hour shifts and like late into the night Mm -hmm. and early next morning, I started going fucking crazy. And I woke up in the middle of the night and turns out my neighbors have a new space heater that's making this crazy noise like. Delightful. And I had, so I spent one sleepless night. I woke up crying. I was convinced I was going to go to jail mm-hmm. or miss the sure. audition. Yeah, no, that, that All tracks. these things that are just yeah. out of my control. And then I called my sister in the next morning and I was like, I can't do it. And she's like, do what? What the fuck is wrong with you? She meant that in a loving way. And she helped me talk through my feelings. Um, and again, I, this is why I should be in therapy. And it turns out I have total control. I went upstairs and I told the neighbors about the space heater. They stopped using it. I went into jury duty. They said, yeah, that's fine. I went to the audition. I kicked ass. I told work I had to leave early to memorize my my dialogue. And they said, yeah, you've been working a lot. Leave early tonight so you can work on your audition. That's fucking amazing. And I realized all the things I'm putting out of myself, like I'm working hard. I'm trying to please everybody. Everyone out there is also looking out for you. Totally. The jury duty people, they were like, yeah, sure, we get it. Go to your audition. Have fun. See you in a couple months. Don't worry. Even the jury people. amazing. Yeah. Everyone was so nice. Everyone actually wants to help you. Yeah. Except for that one guy. Fuck you, At guy. the party. No, but like, I mean, the thing is like when you, um, like I know for me, like I can have one thought that causes this like spiral and yeah. then I'm like this in this anxiety loop where I'm like the same way. I'm like, well, I'm going to go to jail. I'm like going to lose my job. And it's like, it's like one second ago, my life was like fine and stable. Nothing has changed at all in my life except my belief that everything has gone down the tubes. Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I don't, not to assign feelings to you but for me that is like such an anxiety thing yeah and again I know how I sound listen okay I have a job and I'm getting sent down on auditions and I'm you know doing my civic duty like I I, I'm not in the worst in the worst position in the world and yet I made it seem like it was something else. yeah I mean I don't know I as someone who like I I am a firm believer in like let yourself feel like you're in the worst position in the world I mean mean, you know intellectually that you're not yeah but it can it's like fine for it to feel that way yeah I mean you don't want to feel that way all the time but well anyway that's I hope you guys have learned something Uh, that's been our show wait but no I'm joking we have so many emails to get to (laughs) so let's just do it um first of all we got a very uh briefly response um response to the queer vegan from Sweden that was on the last episode hi Kate and Sally I just listened to your latest podcast where the queer vegan from Sweden was in need of like-minded friends Please feel free to pass along my email. I'm not trans, but MGNC and always love to connect with others in my community. You had great suggestions for meetups and there's a queer vegan Facebook page too that I'm a member of. It's not used a ton, but it's good to know it's out there. Feel free to use my name or details. Um, so it's really cool to know like that, you know, this person heard you out there and that, uh, you know, there's there's meetups and there's things and people totally. to talk to. And if We you- should do a live show and sweden or yeah Norway or something really that's should. like where everything is we should happening. go on tour so uh the listener who wrote in that email if you want this person's email email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com and we will get you guys in touch so uh question one 
Actually, I'll read this one because this is... Yeah, uh, all you. I, just to, to, to preface, I edited this one a little bit. Um, everything that's important is in there, but it was very long. So for the sake of time, because we want to answer a lot of things happening in this, this is, um, I'm going to say S. We're not going to use this person's name because I wasn't sure. But hi, Kate and Sally. I'm a chronically ill vegan with anxiety, depression, eight years free from self-harm though, an eating disorder, managing to stick to my calorie goals most days and purge free since July 14th. Congratulations and mild OCD. I have been very sick and in need of help for many years, and I think this is one of the reasons I'm being treated like a child. I had to cut out most meals when I was 13, 14 because stomach couldn't digest it and have a lot of other dietary restrictions because of these illnesses. This at first made me develop an eating disorder that I kept hidden until I was 19 after I had a bad breakup from a bad relationship with a guy who treated me badly. I am now 23 years old and started transitioning to veganism more than a year and a half ago after we discovered cow's milk makes me sick. At this point, I had no excuse not to go vegan and that actually made me happy. My family's always supported me with all this and I love them a lot. I'm lucky to have a good relationship with most of my family and that they are generally open-minded and politically active people. However, much they helped me However much they helped me and made me food I could eat without ever complaining, it all changed when I went vegan. The first summer at home, I lived with my fiance a long way from home. After deciding nothing could stop me from going vegan and feeling this was finally right, I had an idea that I should compromise a little. I could eat fish one more summer, that would be okay. It was not okay. My mother prepared me fish that she said I had to eat while she was away, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. In the end, I went back to old tricks, making it look like I'd eaten it, but actually thrown it in a bag in the freezer. As she said, she would check the garbage. It's still there. The other two times they made me eat fish ended up with me throwing it up. I didn't explicitly tell them I was vegan until we'd gone back home to the other side of the country and I could send her an email. I got a supportive but worried email back from the dangerous long-term effects, quote-unquote, of a vegan diet and how it was, quote-unquote, just my eating disorder. All right, so basically to paraphrase the, the next part and because and, I really want to get to this. So after she goes vegan, she finds out that it actually helps, that she's trying out new food. So it helps her eating disorder and that's a big step. Um, and then she was diagnosed with IBS and was put on a restrictive diet but has been managing. Her mom also just found out she has IBS and has come to her for tips, etc. Her mom then was going to visit for a week and S said yes, but that she didn't want non-vegan cooking in the house. And in the end, her mom decided not to visit. So this is what the problem is, she says, going back to the letter. How can I explain to my mother how much this hurts me? She says she isn't worried about me being vegan anymore because she can now see how good it's been for me, but she doesn't trust me enough to let me make her food for a week, or am I not as important as meatloaf? (laughs) I love my parents and I have respect for them, but it's difficult to challenge them in anything. Um, I feel like it's brushed off as childish when I say something. I hate that I can never tell them how I really feel about things. I haven't had anxiety my whole life, and I know it's rooted in that, but this isn't how it should be. I was admitted to an emergency psych ward because I was suicidal, and the only reason I told my mother was because she was visiting that week. Any advice, love from S in Norway. Love Norway. Um, So I know that was long, but I I thought it was important to read a lot of it because it got to a lot of points. Mm -hmm. So as a vegan... With OCD, this mm-hmm. is this is Kate speaking, um, and it took me years to even start dealing with the OCD, and it had a lot to do with um, control issues and also just you know chemical imbalance. Um, wow, you're dealing with a lot mm-hmm. and anxiety and depression, and especially all that. I feel that your mother is doing her best, and I know, trust me, I know that that doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this is this is the hard part. I'm going to get to. There comes a point where you're gonna, and I'm still dealing with this. You're going to have to 
remove your mom from your shoulder and really just live your life because your mom is never going to change her ways. And growing up in an environment, um, I personally do not have an eating disorder, but someone very close to me did um, and still does. And family can wreck your head. Her eating disorder heightens when she's around the family because it's just a reminder of just, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Your family doesn't know how to deal with you when you have OCD, depression, eating disorder. And they say mean things. You know, my mom actually said to me once, what are you, crazy? Like she she genuinely told Mm -hmm. me I was crazy. Um, We've since talked about it and whatever. Mm -hmm. So S, um, I just want to say I I feel you so hard, especially, you know, being vegan and all that. My mother still doesn't get it. She will never get it. And I had to resign myself to that. I had some health problems last year. Guess who got blamed for the veganism? It wasn't the mm-hmm. veganism, you guys. Mm-hmm. I actually even went to her doctor so he could tell her. And I realized that was just ridiculous mm-hmm. because I was letting her control me. So especially when you have an eating disorder and all these things where you feel like you're out of control, OCD makes you feel like you, <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. You have to find some way, and it's good that you're in therapy, and to understand that the next step is understanding your mother's not going to change, but you can. Mm-hmm. And you can change the way you deal with her. And you don't have, yeah, I don't know. Sally, do you want to jump in? I've been yeah. talking a lot. No, no, it's, it was all really good. I was listening and learning a lot. Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of stuff going on, and I think that having a loved one who's struggling with something like an eating disorder um, – or an addiction, and I, I compare them only because they're things that are harmful to the person that people usually hide. Um, and there's a it can really um, harm trust in a relationship um, when someone's like hiding something from you, and you care about them, and um, you know you sort of as as like the 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 friend or the sibling or the the caring person wants to like intervene in a caring way but it also um makes maybe the other person's like privacy feel invaded upon or makes that person feel like they're not being trusted and um that they don't know what's best for them and so on like there's so i think when there's an eating disorder or disordered eating history of that present it's i think really hard for not not to you know kind of take your mom's side but just like um seeing it from her perspective and giving her the benefit of the doubt which perhaps she doesn't deserve I don't know her and maybe she is trying her best maybe she's not maybe she is but her best is terrible like we can't say because we don't know but um like just for the sake of argument if we were to give her the benefit of the doubt um she could just be like incredibly worried about your health and safety um is she going about expressing that and caring for you in a good way no it's like pretty counterproductive um it could be that she I, I don't know enough from the email like how much you've tried to discuss this with her and how much you've or even if she's someone who this kind of thing can be discussed with I mean there are some people and some parents who you can say like hey like you do a b and c and it makes me feel terrible like I need you to stop and you get a great response and it doesn't happen again or it happens infrequently or the other times you can say like I need you to stop and it's like falls on deaf ears, ears goes over their head. It's like you never said anything. So I don't know what kind of situation you're in, but I guess I would say if you feel like you can, I mean, you you wrote an incredibly articulate, long email to us where you really explained your situation from like many different perspectives. You talked about the eating disorder. You talked about your relationship with your mom. You talked about your own health problems. If there's any way that you could, you know, communicate with her in a similar way, even if it is in writing and just maybe get some of this out so she could understand more where you're coming from, maybe that would help. Um, 
maybe it, it wouldn't. The The other thing I would say is I think that when food is part of the situation, shit gets really real because people feel very... Um, people have a lot of beliefs about what food is and what food does and why it's important and why it's good or why it's bad. And I think like a lot of those are because of like culture and like religion and personal belief and personal experience and things we read on the internet that we're convinced are true. But like whatever the reason, like I've I've have had friendships like not bounce back from like disagreements in diet. You know what I mean? So I think that like just kind of recognizing that this it has obviously a lot to do with what's happening between you and your mom, but it also might have to do with the fact that like food shit is highly sensitive shit that makes people act kind of bananas. Um, and just so like maybe just like isolating that as like a part of this would help a little bit. Yeah, and I, it reminds me of this quote, and this isn't directly related to you, but you'll understand. And <laughs> This is so great. I think about this all the time, especially when I think of my mother. And I love her. I love her to pieces, but she drives me nuts. Uh, the quote is, resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> so I think once you understand, and I, I think that the, what I really want to like express to you, what Sally so put it very well, so put it very well. I like it. Yeah, okay. Um, is you have a lot more control than you realize, and mm-hmm. you're letting her have control over how you're feeling right now. And I, S, I get it. Mm-hmm. We, I, we get it. Anyone out there with a the family gets it. Sure. And you've been through the ringer, and you've been through a lot. Um, and you, you need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's if it means not seeing your mother for a while, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. If it means you're going to feel better if you don't see her or talk to her as often, that's okay. I also think that, uh, like, perhaps if your expectations change for what your mother is able to do, that might help. I mean, you might be learning about your mom that there, that she's limited in certain ways and that there are certain things that she can understand about you and there are certain ways she can be um, gracious and tolerant of who you are and there are other ways that she just can't and I think that in a lot of relationships there's room to work with that and work around it and then eventually you hit a wall where like one person or both people are just they sort of are limited and you know I think it's hard to feel okay about this but I think it is okay to realize that your parents might be anywhere from like a little limited to extremely limited. I go with extremely. You know, I get to, yeah. let's just just yeah. hypothetically say extremely limited. Um, and when you meet people who now are new parents, they will turn to you and your friends be like, I'm fucking my kid up. Yeah, I get my right. mother now. Totally, you know? yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's okay to, um, I mean, it, it kind of sucks because I think that we have like a fantasy that our mom is always going to be the person that met all of our needs the way not to get all fucking Freudian and weird but the way we did not when we were like little babies but even like little toddlers like they took care of us when we were sick and but all that nurture garbage and there's a lot of yeah a connection with nurturing and food and yeah connection between right that. right you exactly know, your mother was the first one to feed you you know and all, totally. all those things and it's all very connected but it's it's good that you're in therapy because there's a lot but I think this is a really good breakthrough for you it was a very well-worded email you're on this journey and part of it is going to have to be you're you're an adult and and you've been through a lot and you need to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and understand that you know you have a lot more control than you think yeah cool gosh okay i'm so glad we finally got to that one um yeah so uh we love you back s from norway yeah we do love you and let us know how it goes hang hang tough yeah you're, you're obviously incredibly tough and like dealing with a lot but keep keep hanging yeah let us know how you're doing 
All right. So, uh, Sally, do you want to get to question two? Yes. Cool. Uh, okay. Do I, am I reading what's in italics? Uh, no. Okay. Sorry, I cut that out. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, okay, a little behind the scenes yeah, at the Struggle Bus, everybody. We do. Google Docs. Um, okay, <laughs> so this is from JR. Okay. Although I identify as a queer cis woman, I've mainly dated men for a variety of reasons. I'm wanting to explore dating women more slash exclusively, question mark, but dot, 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 I don't know how. Partially because I'm read as straight and partially because my self-esteem relationship slash body-wise is perhaps not where it could be, I find that meeting interesting, hot, cool ladies takes an immediate friend vibe rather than... (laughs) This is the best email we've ever gotten. (laughs) Rather than a let's get, and then in parentheses, consensually weird vibe. I don't know how to signal my queerness, interest, whatever, while honoring or at least accommodating my shyness. With dudes, I find it easier because of dating norms that mean they express interest, I reciprocate or not. And yes, this is fucked, but that's a whole other email. But with women, if they aren't taking the lead, it just doesn't really happen. Help. XOJR. Um, this is the best email. I, I, um, when I say anything, I have like 900 parentheticals, so I totally appreciate, and slashes, so I totally appreciate that's what's happening here. Yeah, your Um, texts are just beautiful. We both use a lot of hashtags, too. A lot of hashtags, a lot of punctuation. Um, do you, I mean, what do you think? Do you want to jump in? I mean, yeah, I, I, um, it's hard because I, I think you could definitely answer this a little bit better than I, because I've not experienced the, I want to date this person, but I don't. You know, I'm a straight woman, so hmm. you know, I've I've been like, okay, um, but I think that it's really great that you're you're getting yourself out there. Um, I do I do wonder um, have I mean I don't know have you tried specifically going to bars where people are queer or uh, social functions because mm-hmm. that might be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Sally. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, like this is definitely a thing that like every queer identified woman I've basically ever met who presents as like what we would consider like normatively feminine has this like same dilemma where it's like no one thinks I'm really queer or like I never read as queer everyone thinks I'm like someone's straight friend um so I totally um it's not a thing I've ever experienced myself but I totally feel you um and it's for sure a thing um I think that I think that yeah like Catherine was saying being in queer spaces is awesome because I think people are less likely to like assume you're not queer um being in a queer space I think in my day um rainbows were a big deal I mean there were a lot of like signifiers Uh um where it was like you would have like a rainbow thing or like a the dyke triangle or um like I don't know then there was like the equality sign I don't know you could wear like an I I'm gonna make a really dated joke about the L word but like you know I I think that there are different I I don't know if you're like the kind of person who'd like throw a pin on your backpack but like if you're in New York City like that's a thing that people do um so there's that kind of thing um and I think I mean the other option I think is to just be a little bit more direct I mean if you're hanging out with other women who you think might want to bang no I'm just kidding who might want to date you um <laughs> then I slipped that in like so nonchalant <laughs> Sally's face, was, not expecting Sally's face was so dead serious and then she looks up slyly at me and she's like oh, I'm just joking. been planning that for hours um no but like if, if you're hanging out with people who want to get as UK as you say consensually weird it might just be a matter of like tiptoeing outside of your comfort zone and like making your intentions like a little bit clear before you get into that friends only vibe i've had uh women friends of mine co-workers you name it um straight up ask me or say like hey by the way just you know i'm 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 into women are you as well because i'd like to ask you out and i'm always like cool i never look at that person and go ew gross right. you know i'm always like oh 
wow, yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah. but that's, oh, wow, how flattering. Oh, and they're like, oh, okay. So I guess even if if they're your friend or if you seem, they seem like a nice person and you say straight up like, hey, you want to go out sometime, you know, or in a dating situation and that person is like, ew, gross, um, don't be friends with them anyway. Yeah. I don't know. They can um, And then best case the scenario, out. they're like, yes, I, I have a crush on you too. Right. Know. Yeah, yeah. I think that like kind of being direct, I don't, I don't know where you live and what kind of environment you're in, but That's if it true, feels yeah. like safe to be like out and, but I mean, I get from this email that like socially what's happening for you is that like things that people are like queer and um, you're coming into contact with people who are queer. And so if you feel, I, I do think that like being confident and direct is like a panty dropper. Yeah. Is that yeah. a really oh, problematic God. That's great. <laughs> is it? See, let us know. <laughs> let us know. Boycott us immediately. Yes, do. And no, definitely I mean, use our hashtag and attack us on Twitter. We won't do. block you. Let, send us the link to the change.org petition you start. But like, I, I do think that, um, you know, being, you obviously have like a strong sense of like consent and of like boundaries and stuff like that. So I say this thinking that you won't like run with it and be a creep. Um, but I, I do think that like what Catherine said is like a real thing of just like in, in a very like normal casual way, just like kind of like letting someone know who you are. Um, I think it's totally fine. Yeah, even if it's someone I've never been interested in and don't like, if someone asks me out, I never think like, ew, they thought right. they had a chance with me. Right. I'm always like, oh, that's really nice that they had that confidence. In fact, I respect that a lot. Yeah. I've never, ever, you know, I don't know. But again, it depends on where you live and how comfortable you are because mm-hmm. we're saying this is New York City people yeah. who are, you know, where it's totally... Everyone's queer. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> and you should also, I don't know, man, are you on like OkCupid or anything like that? Because you can also do the thing where you like... Say you want to meet an activity partner. I don't know. Yeah. And there's like a queer rock climbing group. Like, I mean, again, in Brooklyn. But I just feel like there are these other things where they're like there queer are activity. And, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. And and you're very funny. So everyone should drop their panties. What? Are right? We, oh, man. I don't We're know. terrible. We're, We're the worst. Terrible. Um, so let's, we have time for questions let's three. We're trying to really get through as many as possible because you guys are so great about writing in. Um, so we can use the name. Okay. Samantha. Samantha says, so I have a question uh, and I'm hoping for some insight. Recently, shit hit the fan between my stepbrother and his wife, who I've come to know and love like a sister. Now I'm not that close to my stepbrother, but recently had started to get closer. Anyway, when shit hit the fan, my brother expected his family to choose sides and I refused. So now he won't talk to me and won't allow my niece to talk to me either. Yet his soon-to-be ex-wife did not demand anything from me and our relationship has not changed. She has a daughter too and I refuse to walk away from my niece like he did. But even though I have tried to stay out of it by not choosing sides, I've been cast aside by my brother. Was I wrong to not choose sides? How did... Do I deal with emotions when your family member casts you aside for making an adult decision? Thanks for any insight. Keep up the amazing work, Samantha. You are right, Samantha. That is an adult decision. Sally, mm-hmm. take it away. <laughs> <laughs> it is an adult decision. Um, I, I don't know when all of this shit hit the fan, but I do think that um, people can, act, can be really reactive and rash before the dust has settled. So I would say that like if this has happened recently either chronologically or emotionally because things kind of like happened three years ago and still be like very like emotionally charged um I would maybe let the dust settle a little a little bit and see if anything changes I think like the decisions we make when we're really rash which is to be like fuck off I'm never talking to you ever again like six months later we're like ooh, I actually kind of want to go back on that that was a heat of the moment thing so maybe that will change um and then before I go further I want to throw it to you I have been nodding like a bobblehead on a truck <laughs> on a bumpy country road. Um, yeah, I I can't agree with you more. People 
I don't know your, obviously, obviously, I don't know your uh, stepbrother. Is it stepbrother? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, people are very sensitive after breakups and divorces. People do act irrationally. Um, very, very rarely, they do, but very rarely does it last as long. Um, I've been in situations like that where I didn't choose sides and it took years and it really sucks when, you know, if he's not letting you see kids or whatever. Um, I would say just keep doing you. It sounds like you're not the one with the problem. I mean, it's a problem, but unfortunately, uh, you can't make him change his mind. Mm -hmm. Right? Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it wouldn't hurt to have a conversation with him, but understand that he's still in a a tender, Mm -hmm. you know, a sensitive time in his life so I would say just wait a little while longer and then maybe have another conversation mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna suggest also trying to have a conversation and you know like we always say this whenever we respond to an email but like because we don't have like all the details like we don't know maybe you've already tried to talk to him a million times or maybe he's impossible to talk to or whatever so maybe this isn't useful but um I do think that sometimes we assume like we know why something is happening and why a person's making a decision and then like we sit down and have a conversation and like once they find out where we're coming from we find out what's up with them and like you can maybe come to like some sort of agreement that feels a little bit better than like you're out of my life and never you can never see your niece again um so I do think that like trying to talk to him is a good idea um if you haven't already and if it seems possible um and the other thing is that like I just I think that um people get really fucking bananas when it comes to breakups and divorces and their kids and um Mm. they make decisions about like who can see who and who's allowed to say what and it's just like I think a way of hurting people in your family to deny access to other people in your family um and it's fucking it sucks man it really sucks and I really feel for what you're going through I think um man I don't know I I think trying to kind of talk to him is great and also like I've been cut off from people who are close to me um by like close to me blood wise but I feel um I I don't it's like fine like it's I they're not people I need to be in touch with so it's like fine um and I I reject the idea that like we have to be close to people we're related to but if you you might feel differently I mean it sounds like you really want to be close to your niece and it like sucks that you can't be in touch with your stepbrother so I think it is something that's like worth trying to figure out with him and Sally brings up a good point uh, as per usual um, breakups with children are very very complicated and um, you know think of your to not to take a side but just to put yourself in this position for one second think of your worst breakup and how you felt when you found out one of your good friends was Oof. hanging out with your ex yeah that's a really horrible feeling even mm-hmm. if you know that no one's chosen sides it still feels shitty nightmare scenario right that's why you defriend people on Facebook because you can't deal with the fact that they're still talking you know what I mean yeah might just, did I just say too much I don't know <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean I, I get it so um, I would say give him a little bit of time and you're doing the right thing Mm-hmm. And have him email us. <laughs> no, I'm joking. And have him write into us. Yeah. But wait, like one more thing is just that like the other thing is this is his decision to make. You know, like people make decisions about their kids and whatever, and like it, it might suck, and everyone might wish it was different. But you know, as much as I recommend like trying to work it out, if possible, like at a certain point, you don't want to hit your head against the wall, and you yeah. just have to accept 
his decision. You have to respect what they're what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, sorry about that, though. Hang tough. Thanks for writing in. Uh, I just want to say real quick before we uh, get to the song. Oh yeah. Ooh, um, I, I just want to let people know that it, whenever you write into us, we will never ever ever share this your information with anyone. Um, I, I take the sort of psychologist rule with this, where unless you tell me that there is like sexual abuse happening in your family, you know what I mean? Or like, where I'm like, oh, maybe someone should get involved. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm speaking on me, but I mean us. We're not going to share your email with our friends. We would never forward it to someone and be yeah, like, haha, yeah, what yeah, a loser. Yeah. Just so you know, um, we would never ever. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, get oh, involved. but actually that's a good, we should say when you write into us, um, specifically let us know if we should use your name. Yeah, please um, do. Or if you would prefer that we use initials or we make up an alter ego or something like that yeah. um, because we sometimes don't know. Right. Yes, yes. Perfect. Um, so, all right. Again, uh, before we get to our song, please, please email us. You guys are being so great and understand we'll get to your emails as soon as we can. Strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Hashtag... <laughs> Use the hashtag on Twitter, StrugglePodBuds420, and tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Um, yeah, or Sally T and SPK Heller. Hell yeah. So Sally, what's the song of the week? Song time. <laughs> okay, so um, the song um, is called What Would I Do? And it's mm. by Jean Grey. Hell yeah, it is. Um, and it is from her 2002 album, Attack of the Attacking Things, which is like definitely one of the best albums that's ever been created in the history of the world. Um, and I think it's actually the first album she made under the name Jean Grey. And when it came out, I listened to it nonstop. And anytime I like remember that it's a thing, I, I will then listen to it nonstop for like weeks. So I'm not even going to say anything about the song. Um, so listen, just because it speaks for itself and it's so fucking good. This album, if you can get your hands on it, um, I think you can get it. I don't th- I don't know that you can stream it anywhere, but I'm sure you can get the CD from Amazon. Attack of the Attacking Things, Jean Grey. It's so fucking good. Um, so here we go. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. And now the song. Bye. Yeah, one for the beat, um, two for the real right? Cats that never doubted I was dropping a skill For all my peoples in the NY and SA who bless me The gas face to all those who still wanna test me Three for the fans who already know the name Four smacks to all whack niggas in the game Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten for the flows Hey yo, then drop it to zero, that's how the story goes Come on, drama, so close to not completing a missing piece of the puzzle Quit again, in again, drop suit and following Swallowing pride like porn stars and money shots I'm hitting your blocks Spinning heavy as SUVs Doing 360s I'm ready as ever Overdue like the rain in New York Sustained a steady fan base But you still don't know me Hold me in your highest regards I'm your homie I relate as personal Nothing fake Read me Wait I'd rather dictate it Relate it to you on a deeper level Kick off your shoes and light your L's Let's talk and get to know each other Better I'm Gene The honorable team player for years Been seen on the low In videos Devoid of the hoes For show is I'm the one they sent to piss your label off They won't fuck with me Unless I'm parading, taking it off Nah man, executives, con man This record is too hot to get pushed back another minute It would burn a second forward, admit it You liked it when the first bar dropped Unless in one second she's already spitting I need y'all, you wanna change? Well, here it is Let's stop complaining, make it happen Everybody step up your game Cause everybody's stuck in Parker reverse Letting media choose a path and rape you Market you less than you worth I was gonna throw the towel in, but honestly, the cats deserve some better music. Plus, come on, what else would I be doing? So Shit. what, what, what would I do? If like my people said, I left it to you. Tell me what, what, what would I do? If 
didn't try worse if I didn't rhyme. But what, what would I do? If I just hated and did nothing to change it. But what, what would I do? Hell no, that could never happen. There's so much further to go. I feel like Mindy Cohen doing a one to grow on. Yeah, I'm old school. 40s and hot tops, triple gooses and travel fox, Harachis and blow pops. I'm down to earth but still dreaming. Peace to scheme team and all of my niggas on the come up. A Pontian lyric, we gon' take it there. The rest of y'all just taking up space and you don't even care. It's like you started eating Thanksgiving dinner without saying grace. I whisper a prayer for you cause you cats are lost and probably not gon' make it back. Fuck it, it's more for me I guess so please don't stress it. The best is yet to come. This is just an introduction. I'm about to have niggas madder than big titty girls who get in dressed Reductions. The purpose of my function is to smash, simply put trash you until you cry Uncle Mercy. Wander aimless in this concrete jungle and curse me. There ain't a need for verse 3, I can feel it. That would rob you of your manhood. And I'm not into stealing, so tell me. What, what, what would I do? If like my people said, I left it to you. Tell me what, what, what would I do? If I didn't try verse, if I didn't grind. What, what, what would I do? If I just hated and did nothing to change it But what, what would I do? Hell no, that could never happen <laughs> Yeah man, and it's only the beginning You better choose sides now struggle bus and then you say i'm kate mm-hmm. and i say I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can do it okay all right ready <laughs>